Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the QuietMark podcast. I'm your host, Simon Gosling, CMO at QuietMark, and QuietMark is the independent International Approval Award Program associated with the UK Noise Abatement Society Charitable Foundation. It encourages companies worldwide to prioritise noise reduction within the design of everyday machines and appliances and find solutions to noise problems to benefit health and well-being. As regular listeners to the show will already be aware, earlier this year, back in February, seems a long time ago now, we launched our Acoustics Academy at an event at the Business Design Centre in Islington, London, alongside the Surface Design Show. We held a TED-style masterclass event and had some amazing speakers, all of whom have been guests on earlier episodes of this show. So our Acoustics Academy is a new online platform which further equips and empowers architects, builders and designers with a guide to expertly verified leading acoustic solutions for every building application area. One of the companies who create such solutions, whose products are listed on the Acoustics Academy, is Rockwall, the UK's leading manufacturer in sustainable, non-combustible stonewall insulation. Their QuietMark certified stonewall insulation products provide solutions for all major application areas, from the commercial sector through to domestic. And in this episode, our guests share a few case studies of where their products have been used, ranging from the Crown Plaza Hotel in Heathrow's noisy Terminal 4, where Rockwell is used to ensure that the planes flying overhead don't disturb the guests' good night's sleep. And we'll also be looking at how Rockwall can be used in the domestic area, with more people working from home and the need to improve the acoustics in our spaces to help improve productivity. And also at a time when the government is helping people make their homes greener with the Green Home Grant, that's something we're also going to be looking at in this episode. In particular though, we have a very special guest who explains to us how Rockwall helped him to create the music studio of his dreams. Before I introduce our terrific trio of guests, let me tell you a little bit first about Rockwall UK. Rockwall Limited is part of the Rockwall Group, with one factory based in Bridgend, South Wales, and over 500 employees across the UK, they are the local organisation offering a full range of high-performing and sustainable insulation products for the construction industry. The Rockwall Group is committed to enriching the lives of everyone who experiences their product solutions. Their expertise is perfectly suited to tackle many of today's biggest sustainability and development challenges, from energy consumption and noise pollution to fire resilience, water scarcity and flooding. Their product range reflects the diversity of the world's needs while supporting their stakeholders in reducing their own carbon footprint. Stonewall is a versatile material and forms the basis of all their businesses. With more than 11,000 passionate colleagues in 39 countries, they are a world leader in stonewall solutions. From building insulation to acoustic ceilings, external cladding systems to horticultural solutions, engineered fibres for industrial use to insulation for the process industry and marine and offshore. And now, to take us into this episode, a short introduction to each of our guests, starting first with Jessica Smith. Jessica's been working with Rockwall since May 2018, where she leads policy and public affairs work streams on energy efficiency and noise mitigation in the built environment. Prior to joining Rockwall, Jess worked as a public affairs advisor for the Federation of Small Businesses and in events and marketing roles for the Whitehall Industry Group, the Royal Commonwealth Society and Hatchet Children's Books. She holds a BSc in International History and International Relations from the London School of Economics and Political Science. James Mills is a product manager at Rockwall Limited. He has been specialising in stonewall insulation solutions for the construction industry for seven years, with expertise in thermal, fire and acoustic applications within both residential and commercial buildings, renovation and new build. James looks to uncover trends and solve challenges within a wide range of sectors, including house building, renovation, off-site construction, high-rise developments and sustainability. He works to develop, test, certify and launch new pioneering stonewall products in order to achieve buildings that are safer, warmer and quieter. Claudio Pasavanti is a British-Italian pianist, music producer and digital entrepreneur known as Sunlight Square and Dr Mix. With half a million YouTube subscribers for his Dr Mix channel, Claudio is today considered to be an influencer, collaborating with some of the biggest manufacturers in professional audio, including Yamaha, Roland, Steinberg, Prism Sound, Moog and Archeria. As a digital entrepreneur, Claudio has been able to harness the power of the internet, using it to create a successful business from scratch, setting himself as a case study for the creative industry and becoming an inspiring figure for independent musicians. Welcome to the show, Jessica, James and Claudio. 
Hi. Thanks very much, Simon. Great to hear you all. Because we're in lockdown, it's always nice for the listeners to know where you're all situated. So, Jess, starting with you, where are you right now? I am in South East London, currently looking out my bedroom window, and I can see the whole of the city um, skyline from my bedroom window. James, where are you? Yeah, I'm not too fast. I'm also south of London in lovely Staines or Ali G territories, it's better known. <laughs> I'm working from home as I have been for the last kind of nine months or so, you know. Claudio, whereabouts are you? I'm to the east of that, but still London. And uh, yeah, I mean, London is so big that, that you can have five different weather types across <laughs> it. So yeah, looking, lo- looking all right right now. Jessica, if I may, starting with you, tell us who you are, who you work with, and a bit of your history, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So I'm Jessica. I work um, in the policy and public affairs team at Rockwell in the UK. So it's um, we might get into it. It's a global company, but we work for the UK organisation. Part of my role is working with the business to help them understand what's going on um, in government policy or local authority policy and trying to um, understand how our business fits into that or to help work with different um, stakeholders, organisations that use our product and help try and tap into what their agenda are and what they're trying to do and try and um, understand how Rockwall can help with what they're doing. I've been there for two years. I just came back from maternity leave after having a little baby boy, which oh, is oh, very wow. nice. <laughs> baby yeah, before that, I worked in public affairs for an organisation called the Federation of Small Businesses. Um, mm-hmm. We used to lobby on behalf of small business. Okay. Um, and then before that, yeah, many moons ago, I've worked in children's publishing. I've done events. Um, my favourite story to tell about my career was I used to organise an event in Westminster Abbey that the Queen attended for Commonwealth Day. So um, I've done lots of different things, but yeah, very happy at Rockwell at the moment. How's, uh, what do you think of the performance of the Queen in the latest season of The Crown by Olivia Coleman? Yeah, love it. Love it. Obviously have been using um, lockdown to catch up on The Crown. Got a husband <laughs> into it for season four. Um Desperately want all of the outfits that Diana was wearing. Um, brilliant. Yeah, especially the black sheep jumper, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I want the jumper, absolutely. <laughs> Great. And James, you're also at Rockwall. Longer than Jessica? I've been at Rockwall for seven years now for my sins. So, seven um, years. In that time, I've been a, a product manager for our general building category. So my job really is to come up with new products and solutions to address the challenges in both commercial and domestic environments. So looking at thermal, fire and acoustic protection in those buildings, following regulations, following construction developments and and making sure we're keeping abreast of what's happening out in the market and providing solutions for those buildings. Claudio, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what you do? So uh, my name is Claudio Passavanti. I am 48 and I'm a lifelong uh, music producer and pianist. I was classically trained originally. I got a degree in orchestra. I've been a pop keyboard player for the Italian scene until I was 30. So I've been producing a lot of music, been playing with uh, lots of artists, including... Uh, Bocelli, Brian Adams, uh, Zucchero, Pino Daniele, other names that you may not know. (laughs) Well, I love it. Can I just say, you're, with your age there, I'm thinking of the film Call Me By Your Name, where uh, Giorgio Moroder's Lady, 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 isn't it, that's in that film? That's correct. Oh, that's, that's a great, correct. he's a great, he's a great innovator of keyboards. And knowing your material on YouTube, I'm sure you're a bit of a fan of the Moroder, I take it. Oh, absolutely. I'm a complete sucker for that uh, era of, uh, of music making. You know, I've, I've moved to London in uh, 2002 and I built my own thing. So basically nowadays I run a music mixing, mastering and production company and it's called drmix.com. And uh, on the back of it, I have created a um, YouTube channel uh, that was initially designed to get more attention to my music production services. And then it kind of took a life of its own. And nowadays I have uh, 500,000 subscribers on it and it has become... I think. Wow. <laughs> and, um, so the... it's kind of, I have my dreams come true in every possible sense. Now, I know you've got a magic personality that you put into your videos, but nevertheless, I'm really curious to know, when you see those numbers going up to half a million followers on YouTube, where did that turning point come for you? How did it go from starting a YouTube channel to ramping up to such a following? Right. Well, I think the first step was understanding that in an age where people's attention is on their mobile uh, phones and their videos, that I had to make videos in order to be there. You can be a great musician or you can be great at whatever you do, but if people don't know about it, then you're not going to have any business around it. About seven years ago, I started making videos of utility 
explaining, you know, how to make music, how to do certain things on the computer and in audio. And then basically I started posting regularly. And when I hit around 30,000, it took me, you know, about 300 videos and Mm -hmm. four years of hard work. That was a turning point because Google called me up and said, we see that your channel is going really well. Let us give you an analysis. So they did that and they said, well, listen, it turns out your synthesizer videos are going really well. Maybe you should do more of those. And then I hired somebody to help me make more videos. And I, and I went from uh, two videos a month to two videos a week. And that's when I really started to feel the difference. It started going exponentially. And, uh, you know, two years and a half down the line, I'm here at uh, half a million. And of course, that level of uh, engagement and, and, and interest brings a lot of business, you know, um, at this point, I've published nearly 600 videos just on YouTube. So uh, the uh, the result is uh, predicated on the amount of work that you put into it. Have you noticed an elevation in viewing uh, during lockdown when people are at home more? Uh, For me, it goes up and down, Uh Um, you know, during the build of the studio, which, you know, we will get into at some point, I'm sure (laughs) I didn't have much of a chance to do so many videos. I had to make a Uh. a fewer videos, but they were more intense in a way. So, you know, the traffic is always up and down. But if you can maintain consistency, then at the end of the day, it does pay off. Oh, well, I'm a big fan of the Around the World Daft Punk video of yours, so I recommend that to our listeners. So, as you say... I can give you a little bit of... uh, Do it. Around the world, around the world, around the world. With my beautiful voice. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Was that a Yamaha piano? That's a Yamaha piano. Oh, well, Yamaha will be happy. They are Quiet Mark certified. Their silent range of instruments <laughs> are Quiet Mark certified. So there's a plug for one of our, our brands in there. But that was lovely. There you go. Thank you for that musical comment. I expect music in every answer that you give me on today's podcast, please, Claudio. <laughs> I will. I will. So the story, I suppose, starts with Rockwell. But James, for the listeners, what is Rockwell? Rockwell is it's a stone wool product. I, I would describe uh, the Rockwell Group as the leader in and manufacturer of stone wool solutions. What we do is harness the power of a volcano, right? So in our factories, we um, set up a controlled mini volcano whereby we spin out strands of molten rock, right, using almost a process like candy floss. It spins out strands of um, stone fibres, which we then condense into slabs and into rolls. And those products then have a massively versatile range of applications and uses which they can be used. One of those is kind of for acoustics Mm -hmm. and not really only just kind of preventing the noise transfer, but also enhancing and improving the sound quality within a in a room or studio like we saw with Claudio. That project we had there was a great opportunity to show off the versatility of our product. So we had a range of different densities of products. We had insulation materials, we had ceiling tiles, we had a whole kind of solution from floor to the ceiling to make sure that the acoustics in Claudio's um, studio there were really tight and punchy and had no reverb, but then also enabled him to be comfortable enough that he can crank up the volume and know that he's not going to disturb neighbours and that he's not going to have kind of leakage of noise from one room to the other where he's doing recording or editing. That That's really kind of the, the background of the Rockwell products. Fantastic. It sounds like Willy Wonka's factory more than a, a factory <laughs> Volcanic, <laughs> with volcanic candy floss. I love it. But, yeah, but what you're yeah, describing was... there is uh, this sort of tapestry of products that Rockwall makes. You mentioned the floor, the walls, the ceilings. They're all Rockwall, are they? Correct, correct. Okay. All, all stonewall products. And in fact, that's really just the tip of the iceberg. The, the actual Rockwall group themselves are five divisions. Um, and those divisions are, are building insulation, which is something that I'm involved in. So for commercial and domestic buildings, thermal, fire and acoustic solutions. But then we also have specialist insulation, which would be for things like marine and oil and gas environments. From there, we also have external facade solutions, so kind of non-combustible cladding for the external facades of buildings. And then we have acoustic walls and ceilings from our Rockfond division, so quite specialist solutions for things like schools and education and hospitals. And then also we've kind of adapted our production and and use of Stonewall into broader applications, things like noise barriers that you might see at airports, for example, or on railway sidings. 
and also grow mediums as well. So we've managed to pioneer Rockwell in such a way that it, it can work as a soilless grow medium and produce fantastic yields and be hyper-efficient in terms of its usage of water. Interesting. Um, so yeah, there's a really wide range of products that, that uh, Rockwell have developed stone rule solutions for. If I were to ask both of you, Jess and James, to sort of yeah. name maybe three famous buildings which our listeners will have heard of <laughs> where, where Rockwall has been used, what, might, what, what would be those sort of three that you would list? The um, Olympic Stadium here in London, I believe, has Rockwall in the roof, as does the O2 Arena. One of our newer projects, uh, which is quite applicable to this conversation, is it's gone into the new Royal Academy uh, renovation. Again, the roof. Anyone interested? There's a case study on the website. They worked, I believe, with Arup, who I think you spoke to in a previous episode. That's right, we um, did, we did. Yeah, so they're my top three, James. Can yeah, you think sh- of any Shakespeare's Globe is, would be another ah, quite sort of pertinent one. 10 Downing Street's a classic, you know, the oh, shop. Another big <laughs> I said, can you yeah. give me something that the listeners would have heard of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all building types, though, Simon, all, all those high profile ones that everyone would know, but then also, you know, um, schools, um, hospitals, homes, uh, high rise buildings, commercial campuses, all of those types of buildings up and down the country. You'll, you'll struggle to find some that won't have it in it. It would probably be a, a more interesting way of kind of putting that across. You what know? about our own humble abodes? Residential? Absolutely, yeah, big big and residential as well, yeah. Well, with the increase in work from home, I'm sure that it's very useful that you're helping people improve the acoustics in their work from home environments to increase productivity, right? I think, you know, that that's a, a big thing. And when we look at how we insulate our homes now, I think people are becoming more and more aware of the different challenges that you face. I think we're already laser focused on thermal performance within buildings. Mm-hmm. But actually, insulation can do a lot more for you in terms of providing you better acoustics, providing you an environment whereby um, you don't have sound transmission issues from building to building or even within the rooms of the same building. And then also things like uh, fire resilience to know that you're protecting the occupants of the building and the building itself. And I would say on top of that, knowing that you can do it using sustainable material like um, Mm -hmm. Stonewall is something that's really becoming very appealing to far more knowledgeable homeowners. So they're making smarter choices now about the types of materials that they use in their homes. All our product is made from volcanic rock. The globe produces 38,000 times more stone than uh, every year than we would use to make our products. So we kind of feel like right at its core is something that's sustainable and naturally reoccurring. And where the product goes gives our product a kind of net positive carbon impact. So over the lifetime of its use, Rockwall in a building will save us 100 times more carbon than it uh, was emitted when it was produced. The kind of inherit in the product is these sustainability credentials Um, and we want to we want to go further with that and we want to look at how we can um, help with sustainability and construction more and James actually looks after some of our recycling so we try we can recycle rock wall insulation back into the manufacturing process and we can take uh, rock wall out of a building and just put it straight back into the line in our factory which is just think is going to kind of become more important if we think about the circularity of buildings and our built environment and how we can make that more sustainable. There are buildings in Germany, I think, that were 50 years old. They kind of took them down, took the rock wall out of the building and it's still there, still you know, able to go back in, back into the product line and be used again. Rock wall is used in the walls, am I right, of a Heathrow airport hotel where business people who need to sleep are trying to get to sleep. There's planes flying overhead. So that's a really good testament to rock walls being a property that helps keep external noises away from the inside of the room and lets you sleep well. Yeah, the, the Crown Plaza, Simon, in Heathrow, right outside T5. That is a challenging place to be able to provide a, a restful place for <laughs> uh, people flying around the world to stay. And using our rain screen duo slab, we were able to make that building quite literally safe for warmer and quieter, you know. That's the real thing that you've got to take away with rock wall is these multiple benefits that you get with the product and like I alluded to earlier I think you know our industry has been laser focused on this one thermal performance element but there's so many other things that good building products and good insulation like Stonewall can bring to many different building types. say there's so many things it can bring to a building type let's go into the case study that is dr mix or claudio's studio i want to know 
how this came to being. Who approached who with this project? I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm guilty. No, look, um, I mean, I've, of course, I've been involved in the building of uh, more than one studio in my lifetime because that's what you do. Rockwell is one of those, you know, recurring words that comes up when you're talking about building a studio. You know, have you got your Rockwell? Where are you going to put it? Which one are you going to use? It's almost like there is not an alternative for professional studios to talk about. You know, I had this, this beautiful occasion to uh, purchase a, a commercial property here in London, which is, you know, if you're a musician, this is the stuff that dreams are made of. You know, I thought, okay, fine. I have this empty shell. How am I going to acoustically treat it so that, uh, you know, I don't disturb neighbors, but especially neighbors don't disturb me. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, who better than the Rockwool people would know about it? And, you know, if there is any chance that I can get the studio to sound as best as I possibly can yeah. is by asking Rockwool. Okay. So I just sent them an email and I said, listen, I have this project. Can you help? What would you suggest that I get? And uh, and I was quite surprised to see them go, hey, you know, this is great news because we would love to, you know, to do something with you and to help you out. Fantastic. And before I knew, I was having chats with James. And uh, he was telling me about everything that, I mean, there is so much to know about it. Yeah. I, I kind of knew, but, you know, to have somebody of that depth of knowledge mm. to tell you, well, you need this material and this material and this material for these reasons. The science. That was life-changing. Okay, so James, you get this email. Yeah, it wasn't actually directed to me, but it came to a colleague of mine and she put it forward to me and said, you know, what do you make of this? Is this somebody we can help out and what can we do here? I quickly did a bit of research on Claudio and within about three (laughs) seconds, I was like, yep, absolutely, you know. This looks like a really exciting project. And so, yeah, we had some conversations with Claudio and he'd already done a fair bit of the sort of core design work in terms of the studio, in terms of the room layout. And that was the other thing that made me keen to work with Claudio because he absolutely does have a, a really good level of understanding of acoustics and how you can build acoustically sound environments and so yeah we kind of picked the project up there didn't we Claudio and we started to look through and you know Claudio is keen to know what different types of insulation do you make which one is better for which application and we kind of went through I would say kind of some of the theory around sort of acoustics and we talked about what are the principal ways in which noise travels through a building, right? And so the first one of those being airborne sound waves, which we'll all be familiar with. And you get airborne sound waves, which will have different frequencies, yeah? And, and that will result in the pitch as to whether it's a high pitch frequency, a low pitch frequency. And then those frequencies are then measured in decibels in terms of that sound pressure. And so what we have is a, a product that's been optimized. So it's got quite a high density and it has a certain orientation of strands Mm -hmm. Uh, and what those strands do as those airwaves travel through the air they will then come into contact with our insulation slabs which will then kind of vibrate the strands will vibrate and what they'll do is switch that sound energy mm-hmm. into an imperceptible amount of heat, a really small amount of heat, and pretty much absorb all the sound that's coming through those airwaves. That's incredible. I, I can see Simon's face like, <laughs> like coming down because, yeah, it's, it is illuminating. Because I always knew how it worked, but I didn't know why it worked. This it isn't... transforms sound into heat. Sorry, sir. No, that's great. <laughs> no problem. You know, the beauty of using stone wool is you've got thick stone fibres, right? And there's the orientation in which we produce those fibres mean that they're interwoven and they're really effective at picking up all those sound waves and not letting anything pass through. We've done rafts and rafts of testing, both in UK and across the globe, across a whole different range of um, types of product. And we've come up with optimal products for specific applications. And mm. So we showed um, Claudio the density um, bell curve in terms of the returns you get on absorption of, of airborne sound waves. And we selected the best product then that would sit in the, the metal frames of his steel frame wall. And he had very wisely already selected that he would use a 70 mil C stud, right? Yeah. But then he would have a 30 mil gap between, right, Claudio? Yes. Well, uh, basically what I had done is I had put this C metal studs yeah. and yep. they are seven centimeters. And yep. uh, But what, what I know about the way you stop sound is by having changes of density. 
So if you have like some rock wool and then you have a little bit of an air gap and then you have some more rock wool, then the sound has to travel through different densities multiple times and that will break it down. So that's what I had done. I've left three centimeters in between and used two sections of seven centimeters of rock wool and preceded and followed by two layers of sound block plasterboard on each yeah. side. That was why his wall construction was going to work so well. So we've got two layers of rock wall insulation, rock wall sound slab, which is designed to absorb those airborne sound waves. And then the second thing you're going to do to get a really good performance is isolation, right? Mm -hmm. And so not only did Claudio have this 30 mil gap between the two structures, and what that does is effectively prevents um, noise bridging through a continuous structure, right? You've got a gap between it. So it can't then bridge through vibrations through that wall structure. It's fully isolated. But then Claudio did some other smart stuff where he used an acoustic strip that went underneath and above the steel frames, right, Claudio, where it touched wall and ceiling. Because that helps dampen the contact with the floor, right? So vibration-based noise won't then travel through. And, you know, I was talking about two types of noise, right, where you've got airborne sound waves, but then you've also got impact sound, and that's effectively vibrations will travel through a structure. And so if you think about, you know, a long steel piece of steel work, if you bang on that, the vibrations are going to ring all the way through, right? Mm. And so you need some different type of heavier dense material that will prevent the vibrations from going through and causing that vibration sort of noise travel. Correct. In fact, uh, using a little bit of uh, rubber underneath the sea stud, making sure that they sit on rubber rather than directly on the floor, ensures that the walls are decoupled. This is, this is the word that you use. So basically, yeah. if some sound, by whatever means, gets to the wall, before it touches the ground, it finds a different density of mm -hmm. rubber that will uh, prevent it from going across. And that's the thing about, as I learned, that you basically do small improvements and you layer them one by one. And by the end, you're going to have this sound insulation that is optimal. When you have uh, just naked walls, yeah. yeah, the sound tends to bounce from one side to the other. That's why uh, new unfurnished rooms have reverb. Yeah. So you go with your hands and you can hear a reverb. So that's not a good thing because when you record music, you want to record it as isolated as possible so that the reverb is not baked into the recording itself. There are rooms who famously sound so good. You mentioned uh, earlier before we started, uh, you mentioned uh, Kind of Blue, right? Yeah. So Kind of Blue uh, was recorded in the famous 30th Street Studios in New York, which was like a converted church. And it was acoustically treated so that that reverb would be a nice reverb, not a bad reverb. The studio is almost an instrument in itself, isn't it? Precisely. For example, I'm using rock font ceilings, which also function as sound absorbers for the internal. Because of course, I mean, if you have rock wool in the walls, fine, but you still have plasterboard and plasterboard is hard so you want to go ahead and treat them after the fact sure but in the meantime a big part of the reverb comes from the ceiling so with products like the uh, rock phone you not only prevent the sound from going up you know disturb the neighbors or going across the studios in the same facility but it will also reduce the amount of reverb that's in the room itself so again it, these are small steps which allow you by the end to have a good sound. Now, I'm going to be using the video that's on your YouTube channel, which shows the freight truck of Rockwall <laughs> arriving at your studio. You look like you were taken a little bit by surprise by the size of that juggernaut. <laughs> Jessica, how, how much Rockwall did you send to me? I cannot even remember. <laughs> how many pallets was it, James? I, I, I can't recall. It was, it was enough, Claudio. It was, it was enough. Yeah. I wanted to make sure you had plenty. You had the flooring, Claudio, didn't you? And I think you probably had three pallets of the of the 70 mil sound slab as well, so yeah. And it all got used? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've ended up using most of it. 
technically speaking, the more you put, the better it sounds. <laughs> because, you know, the, the more you absorb those resonances, those frequencies. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like a big guitar. The studio is like, if, if you put nice materials, like I've put, in, I've put wood on it as well. So, you know, the, the room itself ends up having a good sound. Yeah, but I was a little bit overwhelmed at first. Yeah. <laughs> did, it, did it take long to install? And is it something that Rockwall experts install? Or is it something that anyone can install? It's so easy to put up. Oh, Why? Wow. Because... The, the, it comes in the right size. So the minute that you put it between the studs, you don't need to fix it up. It sort of self-sustains because of the measurements and be, because of the way it's built. You basically slot it in right. and it will stay there. So th that means, and it, it's also, you know, cut. It's, it's like uh, what, 60, 600 millimeter by 1200 well, millimeter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, two of them will make give you a standard uh, two meters forty height, you know. So and 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 also the material is quite easy to cut. You just need a like a regular saw or a blade. So it's uh, it's really instant. So it took us probably probably a couple of months before we could get to the point where we could actually start filling up the walls. And filling up all of the walls uh, with rock wool took us one afternoon. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yep. pretty quick. That's incredible, you know. And we have done things to our product. We have a patented flexi edge, Simon, where we distress the edge of our products. And what that means is you can just friction fit it straight into a frame. And the density and structure of those strands means it will just hold in place. There's no pinning, no stapling, no fit. Things. And, you know, the big deal about that is the fact you don't get any gaps, right? Mm -hmm. So any purpose of an insulation will fail the moment you have a tiny gap or a crack. What you know with Rockwell is it knits together at the joints, it stays in place and it relieves no gaps. So you get maximum performance. And so for you, Claudio, what was it like the first time you sat down to play once the studio was built with Rockwell all installed? Well, let me tell you. So um, uh, the, the, the last piece of the equation is the flooring, which is basically, okay. uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jessica and James here can help me out, but uh, it, it's, it's still Rockwell. It has a completely different density and you, you can tell how, how it reacts because, of course, the low end, the low frequencies are the hardest to stop because you have to imagine, right? When you, when, when you play drums... For example, which I do, um, right? You, you, which you do, <laughs> yeah. So then, then you know that you know that sound will go down all the way down to twenty hertz. You know, if you think that sound travels at what, uh, help me out, three, three hundred and ninety-four meters per second, we, we can Google it. But anyway, it means that like a wave, uh, like like an, a complete wave, mm -hmm. will take seventeen meters. Right. Okay. To form. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a very long wave. And that's how elephants talk in the forest. Is it really? Because yes, because by, by stomping their feet on the ground, that long wave is able to travel long distances. So in order to, to dampen that sort of impact sound that, that James was talking about, then you need something at least as great as this material. In the floor. Because otherwise that sound will travel across the structure of the building and even if you are at the last floor at the top floor you will be able to hear that low frequency so uh, removing the impact it means that not only it doesn't travel from inside out but also from the outside in yeah which means the recording sound all of a sudden super super clean you don't need to cut the low end in mixing, I mean, Simon, you are you are a musician. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. You have to filter out those low that low end. Yeah. And uh, and it's a game changer. So the first time that I sat here, it felt like I was four and it was Christmas time. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. You know. And then everything that you're recording is the true sound. It's not interfered with in any way you're you're living it you know it was an old an old 80s song living in a box but you're living in a rock wall box you've got walls <laughs> walls, <laughs> walls, well, yeah. walls and ceiling but then everything you play 
is pure. What the microphones capture, what goes into the computer is absolute, the absolute sound of the instrument, which is what you want. Um, yes, yeah, yes and no. So uh, the, the, to complete the, the cake, of course, you need to put sound panels on it. Now, yeah. the, the, the sound panels that I've got here are um, a, they're a bit of wood and a bit of uh, fabric. Yeah. And there is rock wool inside of them. Of course. And uh, the function of this is to scatter the sound, absorb part of it, and improve it. You don't want to record in a completely dead environment. Otherwise, you would uh, recording studios would be anechoic chambers. That's right. Which are those places that are basically full of sound absorbent and no reflection is possible at all. That would feel claustrophobic. No, I'm looking at Claudio's studio behind him, and uh, where I, when I in my in my youth, I sometimes spent time in chambers which had sponge and egg boxes all over the wall. And I'm glad to say Claudio's space is a lot nicer looking than that. It it does have these panels on the wall which are quite artistic, I would say. But nevertheless, they're rock wall filled, but they're decorative, but they're also purposeful in their in their position. Precisely. You want a room that doesn't overwhelm you with uh, reverb and reflections, but you also want a room that has a pleasant sound. Absolutely. You know? I mean, we're all familiar with photographs of the Beatles playing in Abbey Road or uh, the Rolling Stones playing in Olympic Studios. As, as we were saying, those rooms were like another, almost like another member of the band. You don't want a dead space. You want a personality. You are a personality. Uh, well, and I would ask, do and in all I honesty, no, but, yes, but what I would ask is, is the studio that you're sitting in, the Doctor Mix studio? Look, uh, the the beauty of being able to 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 buy your own place is that you can shape it exactly how you want. Like for example, I don't have needs to record drums because I'm not a drummer, and uh, you know, you, I mean. <laughs> Simon, if you want to go jab, you're more than welcome to come Oh, that's around. really kind. James, earlier you said that Claudio had these uh, sort of sketches and designs drawn up for the studio. So what I want to know, Claudio, is where does the synth player become the architect? How did you know how to do these things? <laughs> well, I, I guess it's a virtue of uh, uh, desperation <laughs> uh if i may say so <laughs> because uh if, if you if you are a professional musician or a musician for any length of time you know that uh, working in a room is always a compromise you know you have compromises as um you know where are how many sockets have i got you have compromises as um um, am I going to be able to reach the synthesizer from the desk without tripping in wires? Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, last but not least, am I going to disturb anybody? Absolutely. You know, uh, things like that. So uh, o- over time, you build a list of things that you say, you know what, when I grow up and I have my own studios, I never want to deal with that problem again. I'd love to draw your attention to an episode that we recorded. It was, I think it was episode six was the number. A guy uh, who was on that was a, a well-known acoustician called Wade Bray. He's the vice president of Head Acoustics. And he is an organ player, not a synth player, but a passionate pipe organ. He has done a, a bucket list playing the most famous, beautiful organs in universities and concert halls all around America. And he tells this great story where there was a piece of music that he always wanted to be able to play. Even, and even though he's a fantastic organist, he always struggled to play it until one day when he sat at the perfect organ in the perfect room and it's almost as if his fingers magically played it. I asked him if he was able to play it again on another organ in another space. And he said he couldn't. It had to be that organ in that room that worked so harmoniously together, which enabled that playing. And he talked about this heavenly experience which occurred at that moment. Are you having... Absolutely. Are you having... Can you relate, Claudio? 100%. I mean, and this is something that that relates to to everybody. Because, I mean, look, uh, at, at the end of the day, music is like words. So the same way uh, that... Jessica might, uh, you know, deal with her clients and get a feedback uh, based on what she says. And same way James 
may, uh, you know, design something and get a feedback from facts on how that worked. The same thing is with music. If you're playing to a crowd, right? Yeah. Uh, then you get the reaction from the crowd. So, you know, if, you know, you see them dance, you see them enjoy them themselves, then you, you go, all right, so I'm playing the right notes. The same thing happens with your with the ambience around you. So if you have uh, a, an ambience that reacts well to your playing, meaning the sound that you hear back from the ambient is pleasing to you, then you go, oh, wow, I really can play this thing now because <laughs> the ambience tells me that the sound is good. It creates like a feedback loop mm. where you get inspired to make music. And that's the power of uh, of being able to you know to make music or to work or to live in a place that has a nice sound yeah i love what you said there claudio jessica and james what claudio cleverly did with the answers to that question was talked about <laughs> the fact that yes he relates to wade's story of the perfect instrument in the perfect room and being able to play but what claudio was saying there was that that might be the acoustics in a meeting room which enable you to make more decisions than you would in a room which wasn't so acoustically perfect. If the acoustics are right, you don't just play the right tune, you make the right decisions, you create the best creations. Is this something you think happens with good acoustics, guys? A hundred percent. There's no doubt about that. And so, you know, Claudio's got the benefit there of our, our rock fond ceiling tiles, right? Um, and these are solutions that we deploy in many other building types. And education would be one that I would really oh, highlight. And so very um, we've got statistics that would say if you have no um, acoustic absorption deployed in, in a school, up to 25% of the pupils in that school will not collect and understand and interpret the words correctly coming from their teacher. That's a big number, right? And so I think that that would extend also to office environments and anywhere where communication is important. You need to be able to have clear, concise conversations where everyone picks up everything. Um, and I think that makes a massive difference. Sometimes it's not always directly measurable, but it's it, it's really uh, perceivable, right, when you're actually in that environment and you can actually benefit from those improved acoustics. What's really interesting about that is, and sort of thinking about this year and how we've all been at home more, is that before March, you know, children were at school learning or we were in offices working, and those are environments that are optimised for acoustics without us necessarily knowing it. So schools, for example, um, are one of the only buildings that are regulated for sound and it's to stop the rain noise on the roofs and to um, try and stop that distraction in children when they're learning. Get to March and suddenly we're working from home, we're learning from home and these environments aren't designed in that same way. We don't often think about acoustics in that same way in our homes and I would certainly from my own point of view from coming back to work here you know it's distracting all the noise around you and I wonder if there are studies coming out or things to be said about what impact the sort of noisy environments of our homes had on things like learning and work over this year. I found a story on the BBC not too long ago which had said that um, noise complaints had gone up from neighbours, mm. double the noise complaints to local authorities um, that people were making because they're in their homes and suddenly all this noise becomes an issue in a way that it wasn't before. Something we're finding at QuietMark, we had 350 products on QuietMark.com in February. We're now at nearly 900. I think it's 865 to be precise. But we've almost tripled in lockdown as consumers seek quieter appliances for their home. They suddenly become really aware just how loud their domestic environments are and how it interferes with production. So yes, um, manufacturers of appliances are seeking QuietMark certification to inform consumers that our products are quiet products. And there's a massive growth in appreciation of quiet and also the impact it has on our well-being, the impact mm -hmm. it has on our, ability, our productivity. And it's very interesting, this uh, conversation that we're enjoying here, where we're talking about what treatment has been given to a studio, but not only does it make you able to record in peace and quiet without the interference of the noise but it also enhances the performance because when you get sound right i just think life feels right it's uh it's very yeah. important to us I read a report in America that said that 42% of the American workforce 
were now working at home in April. And 86% of those people were in work from home conditions because of lockdown. But now there's obviously this growing trend. So one of the things I'd like to talk about now is the domestic application of work from home. People might be uh, listening to this show and thinking, wow, you know, I think I'm not going to go back to the office. I think I'm going to carry on with work from home. I like what these guys are saying about improving the sound within my bedroom or my study or whatever it is. So tell me a bit more, if you wouldn't mind, please, Jessica and James, about Rockwall's approach and availability to the domestic market. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a whole host of different products and solutions that can address the domestic market. You know, we see uh, a lot of potential to improve buildings from a kind of retrofit and renovation perspective, both in terms of improving thermal efficiency of buildings and the effect on climate change. But also we have products that address that need, but also address acoustics as well. So we have products that we can put on the external face of a building where we just apply a render straight to our stonewall slab. And that can make a massive improvement in um, the amount of noise intrusion you would get from external sources. You know, we're, we're living in a world now where urbanisation and population densities are increasing all the time. You've got kind of intrusion from road, rail and airborne noise, you know. Mm. So, yeah, we've got a whole host of solutions that can really help homeowners to improve that situation, as well as internal products that can help people with impact sounds where they may be in flats and they've got people below them. And also addressing airborne noise that will end up kind of seeping through and out into other flats next door, above and below you so yeah we've got a whole host of solutions that can really help uh, people in their home comfort um, and, and getting acoustic comfort in, in their homes at the moment we've got um, a green homes grant scheme from the government which is supporting uh, the retrofit of insulation into into domestic buildings and i would encourage anybody to go out and have a look and see what that offers to them um, because there's big support from government, you know, five to ten thousand pound vouchers. Uh, they can be up to two thirds or even a hundred percent supported. So all those things that I've talked about: external wall, internal solutions, loft insulation. All those things are available now um, through that government scheme that will make uh, a significant improvement in your home comfort. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend people that have a look at that. And where can people find that information, James? Yeah, so actually on the Rockwell website, we've got a, a kind of a portal on our website where you can go out and find out about the different solutions that are available. We've got a Green Homes Grant guide. We've also got a Green Homes Grant uh, app, which will help people to understand what the journey is, what you're eligible for, what solutions are available, how you go about applying for it, where you can find the installers that are accredited. Um, but beyond that, I would, I would uh, recommend that people go to the, the, the gov.uk site where there's also a whole host of information about um, what's available through the scheme. We often think about things we're going to do to our homes. So we always think, oh, I might have a kitchen extension or maybe now I'm working from home. I might think about turning the spare bedroom into a study or, you know, extending out the back. And, but we often think of those things aesthetically and not how the acoustics or the thermal performance is going to work as well. And mm. it's how can we encourage people to think through all of the elements and maybe this year and us being at home more and thinking about the comfort of our building and space more, you know, people are going to start thinking about all those different elements in a slightly different way. And it is great that thermal insulation and the stuff that people are doing to buildings for energy efficiency can have other um, outcomes as well. And it's really positive. You know, you could do something to your property for one reason and have all these other benefits too. It's really interesting. And before this conversation, I did a bit of reading around to see what had been said about quietening of, of the world. And we are all in London at the moment. And there was a lot about how particularly in the spring, everything, the reduction in transport, noise, railroad or airplanes meant that the sounds of the city changed. And whereas, like James said, we'd had this trend towards urbanisation and has been quite incremental, so you probably didn't notice it. And then all of a sudden it stopped and you could hear the birds and you could hear mm. bells ringing. And right. I guess now that that's going away again and things are getting busy and it's just how, how much did people value that and how can we kind of hold on to that?
Claudio, I wonder if you might be able to just play us out with some really nice notes. I was kind of getting ready for it, although it was uncalled for. <laughs> you know, I thought that because the Christmas season is upon us, yeah. uh, then I thought that we could celebrate with this one. <laughs> guys it's been wonderful talking to you all uh, again we really appreciate the time fantastic stories and uh, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and to thank you again for taking the time all the best and to thank you, you for Merry inviting Merry thank you guys bye everyone bye everyone oh Claudio's lovely playing there really got us in the festive mood and I hope it's done the same for you if like Claudio you're building the space of your dreams be it a studio or any building type or possibly someone who's working from home and may be inspired by this episode to improve their work from home acoustics, then do please go to our acousticsacademy.com where you'll find Rockwall and a host of other products which have been certified by QuietMark to help improve acoustics in the built environment. Or if like James and Jess at Rockwall, you're a manufacturer of acoustic products, please feel free to get in touch with us at email us at quietmark.com. As this is the last show before Christmas, I'd like to first of all thank all the guests who've appeared on the show in 2020. The first shows we did were done live in person, but then of course lockdown occurred and it meant that we had to use video conferencing so that the show could go on. And I'm really grateful to every one of our guests who hasn't allowed lockdown to get in our way and who's contributed so generously towards making this show what it is, a show which is really discussing the way that good acoustics can improve well-being and mental health in the built environment but also exploring our relationship with sound. We've got some fantastic guests already recorded and set up in the pipeline for 2021, so look out for that. But for now, I'd just like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful Happy New Year. Bye for now.